0: You are tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and Americanamusicmagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Gary Antol's life spent living in mountain towns in Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Maryland give him an authentic perspective to draw on as he leads his band, the Jacobs Ferry Stragglers. Gary is my guest for this edition of Americana Music Profiles. Hi, Gary. Welcome to the podcast. How
1: are you doing? Good,
0: Thanks good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Glad to have you on. So um, we're talking to you in Pennsylvania today, is that right? That's correct, yes. Yeah, cool. So um, we want to definitely talk about the, uh, um, the band, uh, Jacob's Ferry Stragglers uh, here in a few minutes, but give me a little bit of uh, background about yourself and and music and and how you got started and and uh, your musical journey up to the up to the band.
1: Um, well, you know, um, as as, uh, as 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 I guess cliched as it might sound in a way, um, like the first music that I remember being really turned on by, uh, when I was a little kid, four or five years old. Um, was uh, Elvis Presley.
2: Yeah, you know, my cool. mom.
1: My mom my mom loved Elvis, and i I, I really loved our, the early Elvis, the rockabilly stuff yeah you know um and uh kind of a, a a combination of that and uh my dad having Beatles albums laying around you know um <laughs> it got me started on uh and my dad played guitar um so it kind of uh got me started on wanting to play music when I, I, mean, I was about five or six years old yeah and, uh, I, I started uh, my dad started teaching me to play guitar um and uh that just kind of evolved into uh, a thing I did you know um i got really into uh i mean it was the 80s so i was kind of a Uh a guitar player and uh, as a kid playing guitar in the mid to late 80s i was really into all the hair bands sure you know because they all had like no matter how terrible the music was they all had fantastic guitar players yeah right right yeah i spent i spent spent a few years wanting to be eddie van halen (laughs) you know um and then uh then i kind of i kind of got into like uh the blues i got into like like uh steve ray Uh vaughn And all all the blues players, um, which kind of uh, progressed into me uh, taking an interest in, in uh, some jazz stuff. Uh, and I went to college at uh, Duquesne University in Pittsburgh. Got a got a degree in jazz guitar. Um, and uh, you know, uh, following that, I did a few years on various cruise ships and playing amusement park gigs. Uh, and, okay. And uh, yeah, it was a strange way to play music, but a, a, a nice way to make a living.
0: Right. You know. Yeah. Um,
1: uh, and uh, it was a, it was a neat experience because I had to play a lot of music that I I wouldn't normally have played, okay. you know, and because uh, it was a job I had to I had to learn how to do it well, uh-huh. you know. So I got pretty uh, I got pretty steeped in like the uh, in like Motown and, and 70s funk and disco
2: because
1: uh-huh. um, that's that's mainly what the audience we were playing for wanted to hear, okay, you know. Um, so I uh, did a bunch of that. Um, I, I, I spent a little bit of time in, in uh, Las Vegas. I was in the lounge band at the Stardust Casino for about a month and a half.
2: Yeah? Okay, um, that's cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I lived in Nashville for a few years, you know. Um, uh, it's funny, I went to Nashville to play music and I didn't really play much music in Nashville. Really? You know, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I did, you know, I, I did at, at first, but uh, I actually landed like a, a pretty pretty neat job at, uh, at at BB Kings Blues Club downtown okay. Nashville. Uh-huh. And, uh, ended up just working a lot. Okay. You know, um, uh, about, uh, eight or nine years ago, I, uh, I moved home. I guess it's going to be 10 years actually this year that that I moved back to Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I took a a gig playing a Telecaster at a pop country band. (laughs) Um, uh, it was actually like a a pretty popular band in Western Pennsylvania. It was a, it was a, it was a nice, a nice gig, you know, Mm -hmm. um, again, not necessarily the best music, you know, um, and then uh, I wrote a song seven or eight years ago. And uh thought, like, when I finished the song, I thought, man, that would be so great if I could record that song with a banjo player and an upright bass player. I mm. think that would be neat, you mm-hmm. know? And, uh, like, literally within a couple of days, I met a banjo player and an upright bass player. Mm. And uh, that, that evolved into uh, the first bluegrass band I ever had, mm. you know? Um, and I really, really just loved it. I don't know. Something about it really captured me, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and uh, that evolved into the Stragglers. That evolved evolved into this band, you know. And then uh, we've been uh, we've been going at it, uh, coming up on uh, four or five years now. Hmm.
0: So you really didn't uh, grow up uh, hanging around or being groomed to to be a uh, string bluegrass player, really. That wasn't your thing.
1: <laughs> not 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 really. You know, it's a uh, it's funny though because I always really liked it. You know. Um, uh again, you know, like growing up I remember I remember watching like heehaw and stuff like right, that. Yeah. You know? And uh and I I always I always really liked the music. I didn't really play it so much, but I, I did really like it. And uh I had an uncle, my dad's older brother, was uh nearly twenty years older than my dad, you know, he was sixteen years older than my dad. Hmm. And uh he when I was a kid I remember him singing all these songs. He was a musician as well, he played the saxophone. Um but I remember him like I, all these songs, you know. Um, and uh, as I when, I when I got into this, you know, uh, this band, um, I realized that a lot of the songs that he was he was singing were like Hank Williams songs and John Hartford
2: songs. Right. Okay.
1: You know, like yeah, like uh, I, I didn't know what they were. You know, I was just a little boy, but uh, I knew the words to him, like "Hey, Good looking, mm-hmm, stuff like that. Mm-hmm, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so I, I kind of always had it as a as a uh, as a sort of like a. a a, a thing in the back, you know. It was mm-hmm. kind of a, yeah. a thing that was there. Actually, I remember one uh, in, in particular. I remember one uh, guitar lesson in college. Uh, I, I studied in, in school with a with a man named Joe Negri, um, who is uh, like a, a, a Pittsburgh-renowned even Pittsburgh-renowned jazz guitar player. Okay. Um, he was uh, he was the handyman on Mister Rogers' neighborhood. Well, you know,
0: it's funny when you said that, I thought, well, that name sounds familiar. So. <laughs> that's yeah. Cool. Yeah. He was, yeah
1: he was a he was a cast member of Mr. Rogers yeah right sure and uh and uh just a phenomenal guitar player he's still around he's like 91 92 wow. years old still playing shows every week you know he's a he was a truly wonderful wonderful human being but I remember uh in one lesson he he, he, he looked at me and he said you know you should go to Nashville and you should become a flat picker Yeah. Hmm. and uh I, I, I confess that I was like almost appalled by it at the time because I was studying Miles Davis right know? yeah and uh <laughs> You know, and uh, I asked him why, and he said, "Well, because your swing is never going to be the right way." He said, "You just sound like you grew up on a farm." You know, which like huh. I grew up across, I grew up across the street from a farm, yeah. not on the farm, but I, I did. You know, yeah. And uh, I just I, I thought it was funny that he, when when, uh, when 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 the band started touring and playing, you know, and I I started studying guys like you know David Greer and Tony Rice and Brian Sutton and all those cats. Uh really like that that one comment from Joe like came back to me. I am mm-hmm. like it's so funny that, you know, after twenty years later I'm actually doing what he told me I could do.
0: Yeah, that's neat. You know, so. Do you still think. have any you still have any connection to him?
1: Um, I haven't uh I haven't actually seen him uh since I finished college, which was okay. in nineteen ninety nine. Okay. But uh I we actually had for a while we had a uh, a, a substitute bass player in the band, uh, his name was Dave Pella, and uh, Dave was like a, 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 the head of the, the, the jazz department at Carnegie Mellon University in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and he, he was Joe's bass player for okay. a long time. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's about as close as I've got, right. you know, um, yeah. playing with him. And that was really neat because Dave was just an amazing bass player, and I used to go watch him play when I was in college, you know, and then. Like uh, years later, I ended up with him in the band for a couple of months. Hmm.
0: That's neat. So you've kind of music's kind of been your source of income as well for most of your life. It sounds like,
1: for the most part, you know, like a like a lot of uh, you know musicians. uh, I've always worked other things. You know, Um, like I've had I've had uh, like factory jobs and construction jobs, like concrete work for a little while. Mm -hmm. You know, I've always done whatever I had to do. You know. but for the last few years i've been pretty lucky that the band's been able to sustain me
0: so the band exclusively so you don't have other music type things on the side that you do in in conjunction with
1: um there's a, there are a couple of uh, small recording studios near where i live um that record like it's funny they they, they mainly record a lot of hip hop or christian music you know hmm. um and <laughs> uh, and i've yeah it couldn't be more polar opposite right right, right yeah um, and, uh, you know, from time to time, you know, maybe 10, 15 times a year, I do sessions for them. Yeah, okay. You know, okay. so, like, on the hip-hop stuff, I play, I, like, I kind of do more of a jazz, R&B type thing. And then on the on the Christian songs, I just take an acoustic and I play bluegrass style yeah. stuff on it. okay. You know, uh, yeah, under uh, under a different name. Yeah. yeah. I never get credited as me. It's always, I have a, an alter ego. For yeah, the studio stuff, okay. <laughs> That's <you> cool.
0: <laughs> Um, yeah. In in your uh, press material, it it uh, refers to um, it says their own brand of high energy Appalachian bluegrass, um, and if Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Maryland, to, for you, what's why is that different than Virginia, North Carolina, Tennessee? Uh, Blue Ridge style bluegrass. Is there a distinction? A- am I splitting hairs, or I-, I I see that sometimes in different different groups, and and I just wonder if 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 for you when you perform, is there some sort of difference?
1: Um. Well, I mean, yes, yeah, sure. I'm sure there is. You know. Um. Most of the, the hardcore traditionalist bluegrassers, you know, make it a point to tell me that we shouldn't call ourselves a bluegrass. Band, okay. You know. Um. And I, I understand where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we we're kind of a the, the blend of people in the band um, lends to like not necessarily doing the music properly. You know, um, mm-hmm. in in that sense, it's it's more of a. Uh, I mean, we have a we have a an old time fiddle player. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, Libby Eddy is our fiddle player, uh, and. Uh, she and I are also the lead vocalists, and uh, she's an old timer, like to the core. You know, she mm-hmm. plays old time fiddle, right? Um, and so, so that that's a different feel than you know, like a, a straight up bluegrass fiddler would, would would be. You know, um, and then you have me coming from all the background that I came from, and then right. kind of like adapting, adapting a, a flat picking style that uh, that that works, but it's you know, it's not the same as as you would you would expect from a uh, like a well-known flat picker
2: mm-hmm. you know it's just
1: mm-hmm. not uh it's, it's like I, I uh someone told me once that i that uh they can, they what they said about my guitar playing was that it it sounded like tony rice and uh charlie christian who was a big band player it was like if they had a baby it would sound like okay <laughs> that's cool you know? yeah. um and then uh you know and then with uh, upright bass we have a dobro player you know um mm-hmm. and uh mandolin and our mandolin player also plays he, he's a he's a straight up Right. You know? Yeah. So when you throw that all together, you get you get something that sounds like something, but doesn't sound anything like it. Sure. At the same yeah.
0: Time, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um,
1: which is actually, to tell you the truth, it's the way I would like for it to be.
0: Right. You
1: know. I. I. I mean. I, I love. I love traditional bluegrass. You know, like Bill Monroe, flat scruggs, all right. that stuff. I love all that stuff. But I. I don't really think it would be within me to recreate that. Hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. um, because I, I mean, mainly because of what you said earlier. Like, I, I did not grow up with that as a major influence on, you know, so I I couldn't like uh, erase the other influences that I've had. For that, it just doesn't work.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and well, when sense. I when I listen to some of your music, um, I mean, certainly I, I wouldn't argue that it's not bluegrass. I I, I definitely uh, appreciate the kind of the distinction. Uh, it certainly has all of the, the elements of bluegrass, but I think you're right, too. It's it's um, it has its own identity, which which as an artist, I'm sure, is, is what you're striving for, because that way you don't you, you, you don't really sound like anybody but yourself. And so everybody the, the fans can identify with your music and, and hear a couple chords and realize, hey, you know, that's the stragglers and uh, without having to kind of draw um, comparisons to other other groups.
1: For sure, you know it's uh it's, it's it actually it's a, uh, I mean the, the best way I guess I could describe it is that it, it, it wasn't a thing that we that we or I tried to do, you know, mm-hmm. um, basically you know th- th- we we've gone through some lineup changes in our time, you know, um, uh, mostly because of availability. You know, we play a lot of shows, and you know, people sometimes people say, oh, I want to go on the road and tour, you know, and then they do it for a year, and they're like, man, this is hard. I don't want to. I don't want to do this all the time. Right.
2: You know? Right. Um.
1: And which is completely understandable in every way. Sure. You yeah. know? So you know we've we've had a we have we've had two different banjo players and and uh, two different full time bass players. Um. And this year we are doing you know about half of the shows are are, are just straight up four piece uh, guitar mandolin fiddle and bass. Okay. And then about and then the other half include the dobro player. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, really this lineup. Is a couple of years ago, um, if I would have written down my dream lineup of people to play with, this would have been it.
0: Yeah, that's you know? cool. Um,
1: it's just all people that I'm friends with, and and, and, and people we we, we we have a really nice chemistry. We're all friends, you know. We get along really well, and uh, we don't really ever, or I don't really ever, uh, like direct anybody on how to play. You know, I mm-hmm. just assume that mm-hmm. that everybody is uh, they're like they're here for a reason, and, and I like their playing. So like it's kind of a do what you want and let's see how it works out. Sure. Yeah. You know. Um yeah. and because of that, you know, like I, I like country music, like old school country music, you know, so so we do some of that, you know, and, and the Dobro player, uh, Jody Moser, he also plays uh steel on it, you know. Okay. So that's neat. we do some things with that, gives it kind of more of like it's almost sounds kind of like Hank, you know, it's, okay. it's like yeah. basically the same lineup that it's the same instrumentation that Hank Williams had. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Okay. Um and uh like that kind of sort of sets us apart from the straight-ahead bluegrassers, sure. as well, you know. Right. And, and especially the old timers, like the the, the old time people, seem to like think that's crazy yeah. that we would do that. You know? <laughs> yeah, but that's uh, neat, it's it's like uh, I just I just I just like the music. and I just want to play as much of it as I can, yeah. you know. And I I want to incorporate as many facets of it as I can into mm-hmm. our original material. You know, we 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 mostly play uh, most of our set is our own material. You know, we have this album coming out. Poison River is our is our third full length release in inside of four years. Okay, so you know, there's there's, there's forty, you know, 35, 40 original songs to play. You know, um which is which is a nice thing to have. Sure. You know, especially yeah. when people especially when people like to point out to me that we aren't either of the things that we claim to be. You know. <laughs> yeah. I can just say, Well yeah, but this is what we are. Right, you know? sure. And, and you got uh, forty songs
0: to prove it. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, you know, I mean we got forty
1: songs that might prove it, you know, you never know. Right. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So you mentioned the new C D and that's that's due out uh in, in about a month called uh Poison River and, and so let's talk about that a little bit.
1: Um, it was a really neat project to get involved in, you know, um, we were, uh, we put this new, the the, the current lineup that we're playing with, we've we've had it for about a year, you know, a little bit more than a year now Is this group's been together. And, uh, you know, we were touring with and and selling and playing the the first two records. And, uh, I realized that I really, really liked the sound of the older songs with this lineup, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, so, thing. It's like, well, you know, we, we released a live album last year. We didn't we didn't have a, a, an actual studio release last year. The last studio release was in 2016. Oh, okay. So it was you know it was it was time to, to do another one, and I really felt like I wanted to put something out that represented who we are now. Sure. You know. Um. So and and, and the the records before were all um, the first two releases. Uh, first one was the lane change. The second one's called White Lightning Road. Um. They were they were mostly songs i had written. Uh, with uh, some like traditional or semi-traditional covers, mm-hmm. you know? and uh, I wanted to do it differently this time because we have now like three songwriters in the band, you know. So one major departure from the the first two albums, the the sound of those to this one, is that uh, there there are people that wrote other there other songwriters on it. Right. You know? Cool. Um, uh, Ray Bruckman, our mandolin player, has uh, two instrumentals on it. Um, Libby wrote a a, a a really pretty fiddle waltz that's on there called Hesper's Waltz, and there's a song that she and I wrote together, uh, and then uh, you know four I think four four tunes that I wrote. Um, there is uh, one song written by a, a, a late uh, Pittsburgh fiddle player, great fiddle player named Sue Cunningham. Um, one, one song that she wrote uh, called Saint Anne's Prayer, and uh, we did one cover of a song by a now-defunct band that was called uh, Sweet Sunny South. They were out of Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, our bass player had this album, you know, and he was at my house, and he was like, man, check this record out, you know, and, and mm-hmm. uh, he said, these guys aren't around anymore, but they were, uh, they were a really cool band. They mm-hmm. actually, uh, I-, I thought they were kind of similar to us in a way. They mm-hmm. had they had all the elements of the traditional stuff, but they weren't doing it, you know,
2: mm-hmm. that,
1: quite that way. Uh, so we, we covered one of their songs on it, you know. Um, and uh I mean that's kind of it, you know, it was it was a lot of fun to get together and, and kind of piece the songs together. Oh, sure. there's the the first single the first single off the album that's that's out right now is a song called uh When the Red Bug Blooms. And uh it was a really, really really neat story the way that song came to us. Uh was about a month and a half ago we played this, this random uh gig in West Virginia in Tyler County, West Virginia, and it was for for the countywide uh Farm Bureau Association mm. convention. You know, mm. uh, and it was it was maybe four days before we were going to go down to National Media to do the the last session, and we had we needed two songs and we had one. Mm. You know? And uh, uh, an older gentleman, I mean, was in his seventies, you know, uh, walked up to us, and introduced himself. His uh, his name was Ron Fletcher, and uh, he said, "You know, I wrote a bluegrass song one time, and I like, I never could get a band to record it, and it would be one of my dying wishes would just." Be just, just have someone record this song. Wow, you know? that's cool. and, uh Yeah, and we looked at him, and I said, "Well, sing it for me, you know." And uh, he sang it. It was, it was a waltz. The way he'd written it, it was, it was a waltz, uh-huh. you know. Um, so I asked him to. He, to, I gave him Libby's phone number, and he called Libby and sang it into her voicemail. So we would, we would have it.
2: Yeah,
1: you know? and uh, like uh, we actually put the recording of him singing it on the album as well. Really? You know? uh uh-huh. um, that's cool. Yeah, it was. There was something about it that was just really, like, really, really cool and sweet, you know. And, yeah. And, and uh, uh, we called him up and I said, you know, hey, um, if you don't mind, I'd love to, I'd love to work your song up. But uh, what we need is kind of a faster, hard-driving bluegrass tune. We don't need another waltz, because there were already two on the record, you know. So uh, he gave me permission. We 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 reworked it, you know. Um, and uh, the first time the full lineup played it together was at the studio.
3: You know, mm. we just kinda
1: went in and and kind of just said, Well let's see how it works out, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh it did, it, was, it came out to be a, a really nice tune, you know, so uh that was really special to me. You know, I called him up and said, Hey, we recorded your song and we send you a copy of it, you know, and yeah and uh thank you so much, you know, it was uh it was appropriate, you know, uh the, the red buds were blooming. Right you know, yeah. the spring was coming. It, it was it, it felt like something we should do and yeah. and uh I was really happy to do it for him.
0: Wow, that's awesome! Yeah. yeah, that's so cool.
1: It was really special. It was, it was kind of uh, it, to me. It said, you know, we worked really hard on something, and we're sure. still coming up short. But we've been working, and then the universe kind of handed us that.
0: Yeah, and what other industry musically can you be in where something like that could happen for some some a, a fan like that? You know, you just you can't do that in the pop world. You can't do that in the commercial country world. You know, you probably can't do that in the jazz world. So it's it's kind no, of no, you cool. absolutely
1: probably can't. Yeah, you probably can't do it at all. You know, yeah. it's, it's kind of like. You know uh he was the sweetest guy a really nice guy, you know and uh on the recording it's, just, its like on the the single release, his version of it isn't on there you know mm. um but it's uh, on the album, it's the last song on the record, you know? okay. the song finishes, and then it fades into him singing it, yeah you know? he sing, he sings the whole song, and at the end of it he says he says, uh well, I hope that worked out for you we'll yeah. catch you later and he hangs up you know <laughs> and, cool. and, and that that's kind of how the record ends, yeah, I think it's that's just cool. really neat, that's neat, you know? yeah.
0: So where, where can folks uh, get in touch with you guys? Where can they get the CD when it releases next month? Uh, what's the best way to, to reach out?
1: Well, um, it's uh, jacobsferry.com www.jacobsferry.com, and you have to spell Jacobs with a K. You know, we spell Jacobs with a K um, instead of a C. Um, and it's, it's actually available for, for uh, like a pre-order right now. Good, you know? okay. Um, uh, lots of bands do, you know, uh, online fundraising and stuff to fund our records, and uh, we we did that for the last record, and it was it was really fantastic. We got we got our goal in like a day and a half. Wow, you know, it that's took awesome. like a day and a half. We yeah. had, we had like six grand in a day and a half. Yeah, but I found I found the whole process to be really stressful. Yeah, you know, it was just all this money showed up, and then we had to deliver it, and we actually delivered it a little bit late you know okay. uh, so I I felt kind of bad about that you know, right. this time around I, I figured like you know I mean making a record costs a lot more money than people think it does sure you know? it does yeah Um, if it does you know so I uh, I just said well we're just going to pre-sale the record you know and that's how we're going to raise the money for it you know mm-hmm. Um. so and it worked you know we, we got about half of the of the total amount you yeah. know off of the pre-sale and yeah. it's, it's still available if you order it now um, as soon as I have the record in my hands I'll mail it out Okay. You know, so you get, it, you get it ahead of time. And I anticipate, uh, I think it's probably going to go in about a week and a half.
0: Okay, neat.
1: You know, yeah, uh, yeah we're in the final stages of approving the artwork and, and you know, all that stuff. And and uh, I actually just got the, the final master of it last night.
2: Okay,
1: you know, yeah. Uh, so, you know, if you order it now, you probably have it about two weeks early.
0: Okay, good deal.
1: Because yeah, it's, it's later it's to come out June 15th. Yeah,
0: yeah, neat. Well, we certainly wish you the best with it. And, uh, uh, you know, thanks, Gary, for, for sharing all that with us and uh, getting a chance to, to learn a little more about yourself and, and the band and, and some of the, the neat things, uh, especially that last story with that song. Um, you know, I think uh, if nothing if, if nothing else, folks ought to get it and listen to that because that sounds exciting and, and it's neat to be a part of that. So thanks. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you.